What's up, guys? Welcome to a not quite such an episode episode of Rick for Dirt. I am your ever faithful host, Ali, and I hope you guys are all doing well out there, whether you're on the way to a trail, on the way to work, or maybe just hanging out and uh, killing some time working on a project. I'm driving to work right now. This is not a uh, common place you'll hear a podcast from, though you will see a substantial amount of live casts uh, done from my vehicle to and sometimes from work. Brought to you by Torco <laughs> and Milestar. Um, but the reality is, is right now I'm going through an interesting time of life. I'm going through a a time where my priorities feel off. I've embarked on this journey with all of you um, for the last however many years it's been with Frank, uh, Eric, Kelly, Matt, all the people who have kind of come back onto this show and had a presence you've gotten to know you've gotten to hang out with around the fire or around camp or on on the side of a trail you guys have been in my garage <laughs> you guys have heard about our thoughts on various products and then you guys have also been force-fed a lot of politics and uh, lessons on our version of morality or political worldviews. I thank all of you for hanging out and being part of that with us. Uh, it has given opportunities uh, for us to, to get to places, to do things. Um, we've talked about it in, in previous podcasts, but here I go, just totally like changing lanes and losing track of exactly where I was in the conversation. We've talked about it in previous podcasts where at the beginning of this year, we, uh, we returned everybody's money who was sponsoring the podcast. And it's hard to do that because companies will budget a certain amount of money for a certain length of period of time or make it reoccurring. And once it's reoccurring, it doesn't always, um, it's easier to keep it going. It doesn't involve the same kind of like I don't know how a company particularly works, but it doesn't involve like an authorization or, you know, it's already set. It doesn't require like a purchase order or whatever. Like it, there's like paperwork that sometimes doesn't have to get filled out. And when these things are in place, it's easy to let them run and do their thing. And by returning the money, I kind of threw all that into a little bit of a disarray for the partners that were with us. 
and I've also made it more difficult for us to, to go back and possibly get sponsored or uh, funded again, right? Companies want to see consistency and companies want to see uh, somebody, you know, just doing what they set out to do without any break. Unfortunately, I'm human and I wear that very proudly. <laughs> it's not quite an excuse. Um, I'm human in a very, uh, oh, check it out. We got a, we got a fellow friend with a front rack over here on the freeway driving next to me. That's awesome. I haven't seen a lot of people uh, with the FRX. That's cool. That's so cool. <laughs> um, anyways, I did it. I gave back all the money. I knew it was putting us in a precarious place, but I knew that this year was going to be exactly like this. It was going to lack consistency. It was going to lack the level that I believe that the partners would expect uh, from being part of something. For putting their money into something, I did not feel like we were going to be able to give the full and entire value of what they were expecting in the right way. I didn't think that the podcasts that were going to come out during this time were going to be any less than. They've been funny. Uh, they've had new new voices. Um, a lot of good has come from that. But it just wasn't the it wasn't the polished package that deserved their cash, right? Long story short. As I drive to work right now and I'm talking to you and reflecting on where we're at, the fact that a podcast episode hasn't come out in a little bit over a month now, I think, and I do have a good one, I swear. I've, <laughs> I think it's good. I really need to just listen to it all the way through um, because it does involve a, a decent amount of drinking and we were up until 5 a.m. that night. So um, it was at the tail end of the, the Fast Friends field trip. I, I have to let you guys listen to that because it was a good time. Uh, we were at our sloppiest, I think. I, you know, memory memory evades me at the moment. Um, but I, I do believe it was one of those episodes where you're like, eh, <laughs> is that one okay? Um, and there's only been like one or two that have been like that uh, throughout the course of this. Uh, <laughs> I guess they're always the good ones. Um, so, anyways, we'll. Uh, I'll get that. I'll get that going. I do have one, but um, this little stopgap right here, this little horribly produced, terrible quality, um, little audio cast from my car using my iPhone, is here to just let you know that this whole thing has been a journey for me, for everyone involved, but it's been a journey in a way that it has followed us in a real sense of our lives as well. Um, it, uh, 
it has reflected growth, personal growth. It has reflected changes in family, changes changes in jobs, careers. Um, it has spanned. It has spanned a space of time where we have uh, grown ourselves with you, and have had to shift priorities accordingly based on things that were happening in our, you know, respective lives. So, it is rough. It is a little slightly unpolished. It used to be more polished when Frank was uh, editing all the podcasts, but, you know, and that's been part of it. I've had to take on everything. Uh, you know, no, I mean, Frank had already made it very clear his ability, his level of commitment, but... For me now to keep it going, it has been a lion's share of the work uh, where thankfully I do have friends who are willing to um, still connect, have good conversations uh, like Eric, but actually producing and doing the work and releasing it on time, it's been conflicting with all my other priorities and all my other things. So... I asked for some patience as I figured this out because I don't want it to die. Um, at the same time, I have been putting a lot of time into Fast Friends. And it wouldn't be unheard of that I start something with that too. At the end of the day, if this is something that I have to do completely on my own, I think I have to start making it a little bit more, I guess, of my own. Um, and Rick Verdeur was mine, but it was also an ours. Um, and I think Rick Verdeur has turned into a very strong community uh, fellowship within this overland space. Uh, almost kind of invite, kind of invite only. I mean, we always were always welcoming. But you have to be the right kind of person to uh, to hang. Um, it's uh, I would say it's just this island in the middle of an ocean of a lot of shit, and we all kind of leave our shit behind, and we go to this island, and we're together. And this is actually something that Frank created from a love of his own of this whole industry and this way of life. And he started it originally, I believe in the parking lot of Shimano and it grew from there. And then we connected and we grew it greater. And then COVID hit and fucking tanked it all. And we made the choice between each other to honor what our government decided to do within that, you know, initial reaction we weren't scientists, we weren't doctors. At the same time, we weren't alarmists either. We just said, okay, there's no public gatherings at the moment. And uh, we're gonna honor that and not possibly fuck with something that we don't know about fully. Hindsight being 2020, yeah, we all realize now like, fuck. Like, it just is what it was. But, you know, I think people's immune systems are a lot stronger than they used to be in other times like Spanish flu or whatever. 
I, I think we we lacked a little confidence in our own resilience. Not that I'm saying you should throw caution to the wind because, you know, we're all pumped full of all kinds of antibiotics and, you know, modern medicine has kept us alive and uh, good diets and, and all the things, but we honored it and I don't regret the decision to do so. Um, better safe than sorry for, for that. Um, yeah, but it, but it hurt. It hurt a lot. We lost a lot of momentum. Uh, it was getting, it was getting so rad monthly. We were packing this massive lot, pretty full. We were extending beyond two rows to three, four rows. Right now we're two, uh, two and, and change. Uh, and that's how I see it in my head because this Laguna Hill spot is awesome. It has the coffee shop right there, Coffee Dose. Uh, the original coffee shop had left. That kind of <clears throat> messed things up for us. Uh, hindsight being 2020, <clears throat> maybe the location being tied to a boutique style coffee shop isn't always uh, the best thing because those are very, very localized economies. And as soon as something gets disrupted, their, their entire revenue stream gets disrupted. So like the gym next door may shut down and may shut down a lion's share of like, you know, the revenue stream for that coffee shop and then the coffee shop has to fold. And then once again, we're like, oh, we're changing our location. And it's like, honestly, it's like what you need is like a, like one of those old school donut shops. Dude's been there for like 70 years and he's going to be there for another 70. You know what I'm talking about? Like the shop is like made out of granite. It's not going anywhere. Like there's generations learning the trade, taking it on and keeping that business going, right? You know what I'm talking about. Don't make me say it. It's a different culture. A lot of these donut shop owners. It's a different culture and it's like a culture that's built on generational, you know, upkeep of the family business come here and whenever whatever year settle down make a life build a business children go to school but it's still very communal inside the house they like that they like that sense of having a to claw their way out they're taken care of they're honored they're revered they're given everything, everything. <laughs> and they take on the family business. And of course, a lot of them like do find their own ways in life. But in these particular situations, it's like you can see, you know, the aunts are working, the uncles are working, the, 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 the wife, the, the husband, husband's in the back making the damn donuts, taking out the trash, doing all the like dirty shit. Sometimes you see him pop up from around the corner. You're like, damn, he's all fucked up. You know, that's where I think we should have probably had our location. At. Um, but we'll see, you know, I mean, it's a good location. We've been back there. The, the real estate's really great. It's zoned for that kind of business. So it seems like somebody will always kind of step in. So the management may change, but the vibe will stay the same with us. And uh, we're going to try to keep it going for as long as we can. And if the location changes again, like the banded gypsies we are, we will move. 
But that's Rick for Dirt. And Fast Friends has been a thing where it's like really community-based and connecting with friends. And I feel like it's more apt for the type of podcast that this has been, where it's like friends coming together and having conversations and talking. And again, if I have to do this on my own, if that's, you know, then it might as well be exactly the way I'm seeing it. Um, it's funny. I just listened to a couple episodes from that KC Lights podcast. The one I did like five episodes before it kind of like lost its support. I thought it was going good. Like I wanted to build a studio out in the Gardena office. I wanted to kind of get that turned into a thing where you connect with our people as a brand. Oh man. And I, I think, you know, if anybody's smart, I mean, they've been copying other stuff, so they might as well copy that. It's like, get that, get that going again, make it happen. It's the right thing. Like create your own media stream as a company and have people come back and learn about all the things that they see on maybe social and be able to expand on it. Fucking makes sense. You're welcome. But yeah, I think uh, Fast Friends Podcast is on the horizon. Um, it's uh, it's rad. It's it's a thing that it's a thing that I've been working on. I started it with some friends who invested in my idea, um, and it's and it just now did a collab with Tread Lightly uh, called uh, Protect the Fun. And I collaborated with a brand called Koken USA, which is a subsidiary of Koken Japan Tools. And they make amazing, well-crafted hand tools. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool collab because I got 110 millimeter sockets to give out with these shirts. And, um, It's just different, you know, like your tchotchke that you get as being part of something like this, where it's like you want to think, want to give back a thank you gift, is actually a usable tool. And I've etched the 77s on the side so they're customized for fast friends. Um, I don't know, just cool shit. And I want to keep doing cool shit like this. And I want to, I want to keep the momentum going uh, with friends. I want to keep, I want to keep doing fun stuff. Uh, with people out there in this industry that I've come to really enjoy, respect, and love, you know? It's done a lot for me, just being part of it and being within it. Granted, my family needs me as much as I need my friends. I love them. They are, they are my everything. I think it's sometimes easy to take it for granted and lose sight. Um, but I'm making corrections right now. And just a little bit of work goes such a long way, especially when you're, when you've got young ones who are looking for their own acceptance and their own path in this life to, uh, to be able to be there for them and make them feel like secure in who they are as people. And you only do that with time, time spent. And uh, yeah, you know, I've always said this. It's been a story I think I've mentioned before, but 
when I was at my father's service, there were so many people. There was like hundreds of people in this room, this huge clubhouse. And everyone was going up to this pew uh, in front of, you know, the audience and saying their their thoughts or their memories or their words. And I'll save you what I said, but I will say one thing that an uncle of mine said as he's looking at me in the crowd, as he as he's holding on to the sides of the pew with his fingers kind of clenching and unclenching. Definitely emotionally shaken. His best friend had died. He was a little bit more alone in the world. I mean, it's funny, but Apos didn't really last that much longer after my father went. I think those two really cared about each other as friends. It really was like family. I don't know. It was really interesting, but he looks at me and he goes, and this is where it makes sense because they weren't blood related. But he looks at me and he goes, I know Daryush wasn't a good father. I know he was hard. He could be really hard at times. And he had his faults. And then he said, but well, we all have our faults, right? Pretty classic line. And he looks at me and he goes, but I want you to know if it's of any consolation. He was a great friend. And it's funny to, to kind of think about it where I've probably, I've probably emulated a lot of what my father was about. Minus the drinking at home and taking out my alcoholic rage on my children. No. <laughs> um, it was... It was... Fuck. It was a sense of being able to be within any situation and connect with any, any given person and having charisma. Or as my kids call it, riz, right? Fuck, the kids these days. It's not that deep. I swear to God, I hate that phrase. I don't know if, I don't know if any fathers out there have heard that one thrown at them. It's not that deep. It's like chill out. It's like the new chill out. It's not that deep. Um, but, but he said this to me, looking so somber and serious. And in my head, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> like, fuck that. Like, all right, I'm glad he had a great time. But what about the great time he should have had with me? What about the opportunities and, and moments and things that uh, we were supposed to have together, right? And we had a lot. But it's always, you'll never get credit or extra credit for the, for the good times. But you will get fucking demerits for, uh, for fucking up. And it's like the fucked up times that we remember so clearly in our minds. I have a conversation with my oldest about that. I'm like, what is the most fucked up shit you remember with me? And like, kind of unpack it and talk about it. I'm sure it could help. My dad never did that shit with me. I'm not trying to raise like soft little kids, but I am trying to raise a little bit more well-adjusted, level-headed human beings. Um, the little guy I have a problem with. I mean, he's like a pit bull. Uh, who has not been trained and uh, you know pit bulls are the most loving carefree fucking dogs if they're trained well and you know adjusted properly uh, but they can also be ferocious vicious fighting killing machines right I have a killing machine right now and it's scary as fuck but figuring, I'm figuring it out anyways long story short priorities need to come back in a fucking check 
I want to be a present father. I don't want to be an absentee father. I want to be a present husband, not an absentee husband. Uh, I think I did a little bit of damage with the relationship. Uh, not that I don't believe it can be repaired. Not even that my wife doesn't think it can be like repaired. But there's definitely like when you feel like you've been kind of like cast aside or you're not that important, it does affect you. You start thinking a lot. And so it takes some time to unpack those thoughts and, and address them and, and, and rewind that shit. I have to accept responsibility and ownership for what I brought into it. And, and hopefully if you guys are in spots of your own, like you can maybe take some strength in that. Cause I am a proud person. I'm a fucking very strong headed, strong willed human being. Um, but, uh, but I'm also willing to take ownership of what I fucking do. None of us perfect, right? None of us right in the head. We all have our problems. We all got our shit. So, still got to talk to Frank about Rick Verdure, what's going on with it, how much time we can put into it, if it's feasible. Uh, I want to keep Eric with what we do moving forward. Uh, I also want to bring Kelly on more, more often. Uh, Kelly Nomura, who uh, was working for Tread Magazine, was their chief editor and brand manager. Uh, unfortunately, got laid off. Uh, huge loss, I'm sure, for Tread. I'm sure they wouldn't do it if they didn't have to. And that means that maybe... I, I, it's just conjecture, but things aren't as healthy as they need to be. Uh, but to lose somebody who was kind of the lifeblood, you know, truly a brand manager, managed the brand, managed the brand's image uh, for everyone involved, uh, it's got to be a huge loss uh, to have to say goodbye to somebody like that. And I'll tell you right now, it's not even like she was getting paid a lot. So um, if anybody's out there listening to this and they need an amazing, hardworking, fucking on target, like, like connected, dialed, uh, well-spoken, capable human being. I cannot say enough good things about Kelly Nomura. And uh, I'm sure she'd be a great asset uh, within this industry. And it would suck to see her leave it because she makes it better by being part of it. For the rest of you, stay tuned. I'll release that episode with... Uh, me, Jordan from Sasquatch Rock Survival Gear, my wife, Eric Dawson, Kelly Nomura. Uh, fucking party, party cast on its way. Promise. Eventually. <laughs> um, and uh, I hope you guys are all doing well with whatever struggles, whatever shit, whatever, whatever thing it is that's uh, making you upset. I know this whole Palestine-Israel thing can be weighing down on a lot of people, making them feel all kinds of ways. Uh, there's a great podcast with Jack Carr on the Danger, uh, Danger Hot, Danger Something podcast. Just look it up uh, with this uh, with this guy uh, Gettig. Uh, he uh, he kind of breaks down the whole Israel Palestine thing. He does it in a pretty logical way, I think. Uh, I mean, there's definitely bias, and as you listen to this podcast, you could you could hear how this guy gets angry. Like, like it went from pretty calm, collected, like I'm going to be analytical. He's like the senior analyst for Times uh, Israel. So he's a very analytical human being, uh, very understanding of politics globally, not just in the bubble of his own, like, you know, um, country. He has to have a broad view, right? 
uh, because the times tells you the times of the world. But, damn, this guy gets so almost, I, I wouldn't call it like kind of passive aggressive, kind of like just like, fuck, he's, he's basically like, we're going to destroy you. And anyways, it's worth a listen. Danger, danger close. Danger close, danger hot. It's one of those. Um, I'm not a big Jack Carr listener. I don't, fuck, I haven't been listening to podcasts in a long time. My, my go-to is always going to be like Jocko. Uh, I like Mind Valley as well. Kind of puts a um, twist on uh, on just kind of how things can be perceived. Don't, don't always think maybe it's like like gospel or anything by the means of that means, but like it does, um, it does have really intelligent people who believe certain things. I'll say I'll just put it that way. So Mind Valley, it's it's really more about like empowering and mindset and attitude and all those things. Um, that's a good one. Um, you know, I've got other friends in this overland scene that are doing the thing. Um, you've got the average overlanders, Jared and Ben, uh, great guys. And, and I've always been friends. Um, and just good people, you know, at least, you know, from personal interactions, I've considered them good people. They both have vehicles. They both do the damn thing. Um, ben actually has this really cool, like, Mini Cooper that's kind of rallied out, which a lot of respect for that one. I, I like it. And, uh, yeah, there's uh, podcasts popping up everywhere. And they're all good in their own ways. And they all have their communities. Uh, there's the Overland or Off-Road Whiskey one. Um, Overland Bounds, I'm sure, got one. I don't listen to a lot of the internal stuff every so often. Um, like I said, I, I listen to Jocko uh, when I can, when I do. I listen to audiobooks, and then I really enjoy KCRW and fucking listening to uh, Freaks Only. Uh, that is a great station. A lot of my new hits come from that. Uh, the um, the DJ, Travis Holcomb, um, just has such an eclectic sense of music and taste, and really brings a very level-headed just kind of vibe to everything he does too which i really appreciate so i mean if you've if you've never heard anything from me hear this the middle is where i live i like i like it when things are chill so much not that i always have the most amount of chill but i like being chill if everything's chill then i'm chill if things pop off then i have to go one way or the other and it sucks and i hate it and it makes me sick um, I'd rather just kind of, rather just hang. So good luck. Good luck in what you're doing until the next time we talk. Good luck in everything. Reach out, review this podcast. Let me know what you think about it. That would help me, uh, make a decision. Um, let me know what you think about what you've heard here today. Um, kind of give me some feedback. Give me, give me some, uh, give me some validation that, uh, we're, we're talking about things that actually connect. I'd love to hear it. That would, that, would, that would be to me just what you could give back to me if you get any value out of this. You can tell your friends too, but um, you tell me first like what you think. I'd like to, I'd like to hear. Thank you all for uh, your continued support. Thanks for uh, listening as usual. Um, if you guys really want a solid oil, 
uh, for your vehicle. I can't say enough good things about Torco. If you're working on a project and you need assembly lubes or uh, brake cleaners, um, you know, uh, a plethora of products that work for two-stroke, four-stroke, everything, transmission, differential, all the oils where you want to make sure your shit's staying lubricated even beyond, above and beyond what uh, like a standard oil would do. Gives you that little margin of safety where you're like, fuck, did I change my oil? Or you like, you forgot about it. And it's like, I feel like you have that little leeway when you use a really high quality oil because of how it's created, the compounds that it has in it, the type of lubrication it gives, the wear that it puts on your parts or the lack of, or the reduction of actually more accurately, everything wears. Um, Torco is a great one to look at and I need to get Ernie on here properly and really get into some of the science about it. If you guys are interested in how oil works, what, why the heck you should even be trying different kinds of oils or different types of things. Um, check it out. Torco.com. Um, run family, still family run. Uh, me and uh, me and Ernie over there, who does all the things, uh, have had a relationship for fuck, a couple decades, uh, easy. So it's uh, I've come to know them, and no matter what I've had, no matter what I've driven, I've never had any issues with uh, blowing anything. Um, my my motor, I've had 99 problems, but my motor hasn't been one uh, since using their product, um, and I don't do anything super like nutty i just drive really hard and am bad with maintenance so those are my uh those are my qualifying things that i i can throw out there as why um i have even any place to speak from um from road race cars high rpm hondas to 240s boosted to an rb25 swapped 240sx boosted um to uh you know, my Jeep, um, it's been in everything I've owned and everything's always kind of lasted. Dude, my, uh, I think it was an E36 wagon that was pre-owned that I ran so fucking hard. And it's not like those motors are that big, but I love that car so much. I mean, I would love to buy an another one. I almost had one. Nick Eisenhower was selling his and was offering it to me at a stupid low price and I was going to buy it. And by the time I got around to... Figuring the loan out, he had already sold it and it was gone. Perfect color, perfect everything, trim, all that shit. So, anyways, lesson learned. Next time, I'll jump on it more quickly. Um, also, Milestar Tires, our buddy Martin has left Milestar. And now we have uh, Mike and Andrew uh, holding down the fort. Still a good family. Still um, people that, you know... Um, especially with, uh, I've got more of the relationship with Andrew. Um, Martin's spoken nothing but highly of Mike. So, um, I'm sure that Mike is about the industry and he's, but he's a little bit higher up the chain. Andrew is high up the chain, but he really is, uh, somebody I've had experience with in terms of his vibe, how he, how he supports what he's really about. And he loves it. He loves it so much. He's all about it. He's willing to do anything it takes to, to push it and promote it and, and support it. And, uh, and it's for that fact alone that I'll continue. Um, and, in, and it's a good fucking tire and it's cheap, um, in terms of what you pay 
and what you get. It's a really, 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 really good trade-off between the money I have to pull out of my pocket and the product that I put on my vehicle. I got to do everything out in Santa Hollow. Uh, no real difficulties, nothing really different from the people around me, how they got up their lines. My tires stuck. They did well. They were quiet on the road on the way there and back. Um, nothing but good things to say about Milestar. A uh, couple other things I actually grabbed before that trip were my power tank, uh, finally, and then my Tembo Tusk, um, finally. And uh, the the Scottle that I got, um, I didn't really end up using um, on this trip, but I did finally get it, and it's something that I use often from other people, um, and uh, I've already used it a couple times for other things. It works great. Um, I feel like I, uh, no, it was on fast, the Fast Friends field trip that I used it. Yeah, it worked fucking fantastic. Uh, power tank, do not get a 10-pound tank and then set a bead and then also expect to have a lot left over, at least in this first iteration. So I got to figure out what's going on. Uh, maybe it was that it only had enough for like four 38 and 13 and a half inch tires to air them up from 11 up and maybe a little bit of change. I had to go from zero to 36 seating a bead um, with my power tank and uh, and it's not like it got filled again. So I aired down on a trail and went to go air up and ended up uh, getting to my fourth wheel and it, it just came just a little short. So I would have been perfectly fine had I not done that, but I wish I would have gotten the 15 pound tank um, hindsight being 20. 20. Um, so get your power tank accordingly, but wow, what a fucking system works. Perfect. All the components are amazing. It's just, it's impressive in all, in all ways and shapes and senses of the word. Um, it's rad. And I think it's also going to be a great addition for the Subaru. That 10 pound tank is going to go a long way on these Milestar tires, uh, these AT pros. Um, anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you to all the people that support and uh, as usual, more to come. See you next time.